Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will continue in the very long 14th chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to begin with verse 53 and work through verse 65. Now, Mark has been building up to the crucifixion of Jesus ever since he entered Jerusalem near the beginning of the week, which began back in chapter 10. Now, we have spent several weeks digging into what Mark has provided for us here in God's Word. Last week, we looked at the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. The disciples, despite some very strong words, proved to be weak and failed miserably, ultimately scattering when Jesus was arrested during the night. Our passage this week describes the trial, or trials, that Jesus then endured before he was condemned to die. It's a mockery of a trial which ended up following a mob's emotions and the machinations of the Jewish leaders instead of any kind of real justice. Incredibly, the man in authority who ultimately sentenced Jesus to die on the cross first declared that he could find no fault with Jesus. And of course he couldn't, because Jesus was the only man who ever walked the earth who was entirely without sin. In our passage this week, we're not going to get to this final condemnation quite yet, but this week's passage deals with phase one of Jesus' trial before the leaders of the Jews, led by the high priest. And I love the creative title Pastor Jim gave this message. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, A Sentence in Search of of a crime. So they would have had a nice place. They were relatives, extended family, and typically that would be where a wealthy extended family would be. So to go from Annas's place to Caiaphas' place is probably just a matter of walk across the courtyard. That's all there was, that's all there was to it. The, the Roman phase uh, begins at the, the palace of the Roman authorities, perhaps in the fortress Antonia on the corner of the walled city of Jerusalem. Then it went to Herod's headquarters and then back to the palace again. And as I say, we'll see that in chapter 15 when we get there. Now, put the storyline together. I'm not going to give you all the details, but as I say, it takes place in the first few hours um, before daylight on Friday. Jesus has spent Thursday night eating the Passover meal with his disciples, and then he taught them extensively. Judas left to go do his evil deed. Jesus taught the other 11. Everything that we have recorded in John 14, 15, and 16. Then came his great prayer recorded in John 17 and his ongoing prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane, which led to his betrayal and arrest. And we're going to rejoin the story at Mark chapter 14, verse 53, just when Jesus has been arrested. Now understand that I'm trying to give you the big picture and also stay faithful to Mark. So we've got to walk a, a balanced line here. Mark gives us if you will, only part of the story. 
Not because he was leaving something out because he didn't want us to know it. Um, He wrote for his uh, audience. And uh, we're going to follow what he says. He was writing for the Romans. He didn't give a whole lot of attention to all of the details of Jewish laws and regulations um, and and all of that. Um, So you can see the big picture here by looking at that chart on the back of the outline in your bulletin. But we're going to stay with Mark. The Jews took Jesus into custody. That's something they'd wanted to do for a long time. And, and now they need to come up with some reason to have him killed. The, the sentence has already come in. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They're, they're going to kill Jesus. This is all a pretense. This is a sentence in search of a crime. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. So first they took him to the home of Annas, and they brought in a stream of witnesses to accuse him, but they couldn't get two of them to agree. And strangely, how they were stuck on their law that they had to have two witnesses agree while they broke all the rest of the laws about how to go about uh, having a trial. Then they sent Jesus to the home of Caiaphas, where finally they got two people to pretty much say the same thing. We'll see how twisted it was, uh, and we'll see how eventually according to the high priest, they convicted Jesus, who is God, of blasphemy for the crime of being God. There's a little bit of wickedness in that. There's a lot of wickedness in that. Then they took Jesus, apparently, to the Sanhedrin council chamber, where they confirmed the verdict that he's dangerous and he must be killed. Ah, but that presented them with a problem. The Jews living under Roman law did not have the authority to put anyone to death. That's why there had to be a Roman trial as well. So first to Pilate, and it's interesting, having concluded that he's guilty of blasphemy, which isn't what they talked, what the witnesses said, but that's all right. I mean, you know, close enough. Um, When they get over to the Roman trial, the charges completely morph. Now they claim that Jesus was guilty of the crime of not paying taxes and of claiming that he was a a rival rival king and he was going to take down Rome. So he should be regarded as dangerous to Rome. Interestingly, Pilate found him not guilty. So Pilate passed him off and his accusers to Herod Antipas. Hard to say which one of those two, Pilate or Herod Antipas, is the more wicked. Um, They're both pretty much awful. Little was accomplished there, except this time Jesus was also ridiculed and mocked, and then Herod sent, um, uh, Herod Antipas sent Jesus back to Pilate. And uh, again, after hearing unsubstantiated accusations, Pilate found Jesus not guilty. Oh, is that frustrating? You want him to kill this guy, and he says he's not guilty? Well, we're going to see what a weasel of a politician he was. Uh, he caved into the demands of the mob rather than following the evidence and doing what was right. Well, the point is, Mark included what he deemed most important for his readers. And so we have the key elements here of the Jewish part of the trial, and then when we get to chapter 15, we'll have the key elements of the Romans part of uh, the trial. And in the middle of it, next Lord's Day, we're going to see what Mark tells us about Peter. So our passage zeroes in on the Jewish part of the trial and not even all three phases of that. I call it a sentence in search of a crime. 
We're going to go from verse 53 to verse 65 in Mark 14, and you're going to see the foregone conclusion, the false witnesses, and the fuming high priest, starting out with the foregone conclusion. Uh, as we look at this section, the hearing before Annas has already taken place. Uh, it's recorded only in John 18. Mark probably left it out because Annas didn't really hold any official position. It was sort of a courtesy to him because he was, he, he was like the, the grandfather of the mafia family, but he wasn't the one who actually did the hatchet jobs on, on people. So he was a trusted advisor to these wicked hypocrites, but uh, he, it was the current high priest Caiaphas, who was also Annas' son-in-law, he held the actual position of authority. So, verses 53 and 54. They led Jesus away, right after he'd been arrested, to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes gathered together. That means the whole Sanhedrin was present. Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the officers and warming himself at the fire. Now, just a little bit about Peter. He's going to occupy our time next week, but you can only imagine what was going through his mind as he sneaks into this gathering. He even had to talk his way in. He loved Jesus, didn't want to leave Him. He wanted to be with Him, yet he hadn't learned to handle his own pride and impetuosity. And, you know, remember, he'd promised he wasn't going to let Jesus die. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to abandon Him. He, he would have been a lot smarter to stay away, but that's not Peter's style. So we'll see about him next time. But notice, Peter and the rest of the crowd was in this courtyard of the high priest. That's the, the center area with the various residences uh, surrounding. It was all part of the same complex. So the formal so-called trial gets started. It was illegal. I mean, not to mention immoral. Um, the, the whole thing that was going on was wrong. No trial, according to Jewish law, was allowed at night. No execution was ever allowed on a feast day or a holiday, like Passover. Um, and according to the laws of the Pharisees, no case that had the potential of involving capital punishment could begin even on the eve of a major holiday. Add to that, Jesus has already been arrested by, uh, as a result of a bribe, and they had taken the money improperly from the temple treasury to pay off Judas. Also, a Jewish law did not permit a sentence to be pronounced until the day after the accused had been convicted. So you got a wrongly arrested guy, illegally arrested, with a, a kangaroo court going on, and from beginning to end it does on in three hours on the day of a feast day. There's just about approximately every single thing wrong with that. But if you're going to break that many laws, it's no problem to bring in a few false witnesses. You see, it, it was a foregone conclusion. The whole purpose of this sham of a trial was to kill Jesus. That's what they were doing. It wasn't a trial. It was a murder. So let's look at these false witnesses, verses 55 through 59. Now, the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain testimony. So what are they doing? These are the judges 
going out seeking testimony to say a certain thing. They are suborning perjury, if you want to use modern terms. They're looking for people to lie. They were trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death, and they were not finding any. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.